don't get the Bible. Hey, welcome, everybody. Hi, welcome. We are finished with the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, <laughs> and starting Acts today. Yay. And I wanted to do an introductory episode. Oh, excellent. Or two, just broad questions. Why not? Acts. And I, I let me oh. just say automatically that Acts is a difficult book for me. Okay. It's a historical book, and I'm not really big on history. Okay. So uh, Luke, he introduces a lot of things that have to really be understood contextually and from that day and in that time. He mentions a lot of proper noun names that are hard to pronounce, a lot of proper noun names of cities that are confusing. But the first 10 chapters are really, really informative about what's going on. So should we stop at chapter 10? We might want to stop there because after that, you get insight into what Paul went through. Mm -hmm. And if you read from Acts 10 on, because that's about when Paul, when the gospels open up to the Gentiles. Mm. After that, you learn more about Paul's journeys and what he faced in trying to establish churches in among Gentiles and his difficulty with the Jews. And there's a lot of nuggets, I hate that word, to be considered in those. But it's just not fun okay. to me. You have to really want to know about what Paul did when he went to Thessalonica three days later with who and why. Yeah. And, and after that, I just don't find it as being really informative. Okay. Well, I want to know that, but for the podcast, All right. at least we could do, yeah. we could skip it and go to Galatians. Whatever holds our interest, but I'll tell you now, what we're doing in the first part of Acts is insanely interesting. Well, it already is. Um, so is it Paul that wrote it? No. Oh, okay. Luke. Luke wrote it. Yeah, and Luke wrote that, and he wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he finishes his Gospel with a lead-in mm. to what he writes in Acts. Oh. Yeah. So if you write, read the last part of Luke, it takes you right into what he starts to say at the first part of Acts. Okay. Cause Luke was not an apostle. Luke was... Uh, a doctor, a, not a Jew, he was a Greek, and he was what's called an amanuensis of Paul's, meaning he wrote what Paul would say. Oh. So Paul gives him the tacit thumbs up on his content. Oh. That's how they judge whether it should be included in scripture or not. Does it have apostolic thumbs up? How do they know? Um, they know it by doing a bunch of comparisons with content, language, is what he's saying historically supported? Mm. Did that actually happen? Is there such a place? Mm. And is the teachings that Luke reveals, are they in harmony with what has been revealed in other places? Mm. So that was the process to vet it, to see if the book should be included in what's called canon, C-A-N-O-N, mm -hmm. the canon of scripture. Mm -hmm. And at the end, the church leaders believed that Acts, and most critics even believe, Acts is an authoritative history of what are the Acts of the Apostles mm -hmm. now that Jesus has ascended. Okay. Luke, it's what are the Acts of the Apostles, but Luke was like tied with Paul specifically. Yeah. So he wrote mostly about Paul? No, he wrote just about the history oh. of the Acts of the Apostles in the early church once Jesus departed. Okay. What were their actions to establish what was going on? Like, 
we'll get to it, but in the first chapter, it describes like them all being in a room together and he names off the people and he doesn't name himself. Yeah. He's, but he was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Luke or, was or, like No, no, present. no. He may not have been there. Okay. He's recording what happened. Was told. Yeah, what was okay. told. And that would be validated by Paul or Peter and anybody else who was alive at that time okay. to hear what he's saying. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. So, um, and Luke, that is the same for Luke, the book, the gospel. Of gospel Luke. of Luke. Yeah. Luke was not there. He's reporting what Paul says was official stuff. And Paul would get what he learned from Jesus and from the other apostles. Yeah. So Paul wasn't even an apostle. No. Paul was just a figure. Paul he didn't even know Jesus. No, no. Well, there's speculation as to he was came around right at the time Jesus died. He may have known of him, but not known him. But he wasn't a witness of Jesus' uh, resurrection or anything. Paul, no. I thought like the whole point of Acts and like going out and spreading the word was that they were, like it says at one point, they're direct witnesses yeah. of so I assume we'll get to it, how Paul gets involved. Oh, yeah. It will describe it. Yeah, and okay. it's a it's such a radical change, and you do have to take Paul. I mean, there's Christians who would say, I don't believe in Paul. Uh -huh. you know, I only believe what Jesus said. Wow. Yeah, because, I mean, how do we know he was yeah. called on this road, and how do we know he did that, and how do, you know? So uh, all of that plays into the way people see uh -huh. the faith. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. We'll explain the value of Paul when we get to him. Okay. And that might be making noise. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I, I'm a, I play with things when I'm <laughs> I I'm would thinking. too. I do too. Oh, Not chair. a good way to say things. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Luke and will also, it doesn't seem like we will be told how Luke is involved. No. So you just know that. Yeah, we know okay. it from, and we know that he assigns his own name at the beginning to this not of acts not of acts no well then it's at the end of luke that we know it's him because he carries forward okay it's so like what does he say what's the i in my former book yeah that's that, so i wrote referring... about all that yeah. yeah it's definitely my first question i was like who's i <laughs> yeah. what's the former book <laughs> so it's kind of cool because it's like okay i gave you my gospel and, and it was almost like, I'm not trying to prove who I am. Mm -hmm. He's just, so it's almost like a natural flow. Now in my former book, mm -hmm. there wasn't like, and now I, Luke, the important mm -hmm. person. He just do does it. Yeah. And I like that. I do too. Yeah. And just, I these are kind of questions that keep coming up, but I'm remembering that this is for people who haven't necessarily read the Bible. Right. But... Um, Luke is not writing knowing that it's going to one day be canon. He doesn't say that. You know, you could say, well, the spirit was moving him yeah. and he knew. I don't think so. I think he just wrote a history because it was so monumental and the spirit moved him. Write a history of this. Okay. Yeah. So Acts, so the Gospels were for history's sake as well. Like and believers. They to were, witness of Christ. So the Gospels were written for believers in that day. Jews and Gentiles alike. And yeah. Acts as well. 
Alex has written, um, it's not, he tells you right in the first, it's written to an individual. Theophilus. Yeah, Theophilus. Oh, okay, it's yeah. a question. I didn't know. Yeah, I, oh, we don't know who Theophilus was. It's a personal, like, you know, I'm doing this for you, Theophilus, because you've been interested in this. Here it is. What? Yeah. Oh, I did not, I did not understand what Theophilus was. Yeah, it's a person. And so when people say, well, in the book of Acts, we read, I say, who was it written to? Wow. It wasn't written to you. Okay. It was written to Theophilus. About what? That time. What are yeah. they telling? What happened then? You yeah. see? So it's not even that he, it was written for believers at that time as like instructions. It's, it was just written. Yeah. Wow. And that's what happens with a lot of the epistles mm -hmm. is that Paul just writes a letter to a specific person and we happen to find it. And this was his advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's, I was kind of getting there. Gospels are one thing. Acts are one thing. Yeah. And then epistles are all the letters. Yep. They're so, separate letters. Yeah. I guess I was just wondering specifically in the context of what all these other books are doing, they seem to have specific purpose in that time. I just didn't know yeah. what Acts And Acts was, was to Theophilus. Theophilus. Yeah. A magnificent history written to Theophilus. And that's consensus, right? Oh, yeah. That Theophilus is yeah. a person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless there's some strange dude who's inspired on mushrooms to say Theophilus was a, a, a group of people. From I feel like it could, this is probably maybe a translation thing, but I feel like it could be read. It's saying in my former book, Theophilus, I wondered if the book was Theophilus. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> wow. My former book, This Theophilus. is how you can. <laughs> yeah, that book, Theophilus. Whoa. <laughs> like I've written 17 books. My former one, Theophilus. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's, it's a really weird. reasonable yeah. way. It was confusing. But if you go back to Acts, you'll find him mentioning Theophilus again. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> In Luke, you mean? Yeah, Luke. Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. So, okay, who wrote it? Who was it to? What was the purpose of it being written? Were my questions? Yeah, and let me make one more clarification. Okay. All of the things I called epistles, mm -hmm. um, there's play in that word. They usually are just letters, but like the book of Hebrews seems to be a writing to Hebrew believers instead of like an epistle to a specific group. Oh, okay. and, and Revelation is a revelation of Christ to John to give to seven specific churches. Oh, okay. So it wasn't just a letter. So there's exceptions in there, but generally speaking, what Paul, Peter, John, and James wrote were letters to believers. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hebrews, Romans. Romans is a letter to the believers at Rome, straight up, okay. nobody else. Okay. All right. Um, are there like general opinions of on Acts? Uh, within the evangelical faith, the opinion is this is how we do church. Okay. Yeah. All right. Straight up. Already in the first two chapters, I'm led to those sorts of questions where it's like you hear, you read one-to-one -one, like phrases that yeah. Christians will say now. And yeah. I'm like, I did not know that's where that came from. Like that instance. And it's absurd yes. to me. Yes. Like not even, I don't know. It's Not amazing. even knowing what the details of, fulfill of fulfillment are, it's crazy to take mm -hmm. that statement right there and yeah. like apply it to us right yeah. now. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, really, if and 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 viewers really listen to what Delaney just said, because if you allow yourself to read these books 
and really put your brain in the place that they were at literally at that time, you'll start to be able to pull away from the abuse people do when they cite it today. Yeah. Yeah. I, cause for like not knowing much and knowing your position, generally the position, not specifically like I'm used to thinking like, okay, it's, uh, if you believe it's fulfilled, then you would think this about the Bible. But if you didn't think it was fulfilled, then it makes sense that everyone's doing it this way. Yeah. That's not even true. Like, even if you don't think it's fulfilled, reading that is like, dude. <laughs> so you've got another layer of yeah. idiocy. But it, so yeah. you're right. But that other layer adds to, okay, now I really know we are, yeah. we've messed this up. But Good. I do... I do understand it to some degree because at least in like high school and college when I would try to read the Bible, I think it was hard to read it because you're thinking this whole thing is perfect and we have to take every single thing as inspiration for how we live today. Yeah. And that's like what, that's like what children at least are taught. Yes. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like Start to finish. Yeah. yeah. Like... Yeah, so that's a really This is an important thing. I think we should spend a second on Mm -hmm. talking to each other about this. And that is, so we are now saying, well, what can we do? We've just seen somebody who sat with us for years who was cut their teeth on the the children's teachings of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And they walked away still clinging to those teachings Mm -hmm. because those things really root deep. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to revamp your view. So how do we approach this in a reasonable way that people don't just automatically revert to what they've been taught or they don't go with the mindset of this is the Bible, it's perfect, every word's for me now, what do we do? And that's what we're trying to work on, a little pamphlet to just give an overview of Genesis to Revelation, Mm -hmm. not specifically each book, but what was going on So that when you do pick it up, you have that 30,000 foot view of the whole picture Mm -hmm. and you get removed the egocentric idea that this is about you. So the thing that you're writing, that pamphlet, is um, a picture of what the Bible is saying. It's what the Bible was saying Uh then to describe the complete finished work of what God did. Well... That's great. Have you done something before that's like how to approach the Bible? I've done endless things, but the problem is I'm verbose. And so there's so much Mm -hmm. that it complicates it because there is a lot to include to make your point work. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to start off just with giving teenagers or children an idea of what that book is, Mm -hmm. this little pamphlet will open them up to when they read it, they'll see it. And then the teaching won't need to come from me. It will be obvious to them, just like it's obvious to you now. You're saying, I'm reading Acts and I'm realizing these people are crazy to assign this stuff to them today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm just, yeah. Go ahead. You're just what? Like, on the idea of how to approach it, like, I want to take that pamphlet that you're doing, which is really necessary, and then, like, derive tactics to reading it i think i'm just trying to point out that i'm noticing now that the emphasis of the bible being so heavy and like spiritually 
inspired and all that stuff made it really scary to read. Yeah. Like th that's why I haven't read it. Yeah. Like, and now if you just approach it, it feels like you're, it's almost like you're like blaspheming something. If you say it's just a book and right. I'm just going to read it, but right. it literally is just a book. Yes, it is and a book. It's a really useful and maybe inspired and all these things book telling about a really critical thing about God, but right. God existed before the book right. and like God exists outside of the book yes. now. So, and we don't worship the book No, and the book is not the word of God, which I have always called it. Yeah. Jesus is the word of God. Wow. Yeah. So we've made it an idol. Yeah. The irony, the paradox to this, though, is that I and you and other people wouldn't know these things unless we searched the book. Yeah. That's the paradox and the difficulty of what we're talking about. Well, okay. I think that's the case for people who have been raised religiously. Mm. But I don't know. I think there are people who can just look at this thing and be, that's a book. Mm. I'm going to read it. Right without the the like back weight that and they could get the physical logistics of what was happening right yeah the problem is is the book itself tells you you can't understand its real meaning unless the spirit is moving you and the spirit comes by faith so we have a lot of factors here that you just can't take one stance and say a sectarian non-believer could read this as a historical book and say, yeah, it gives us the history of what God did with the Jews. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they will see the majesty of what God has done and what it means to us yeah. in the end as humans. Yes. You get that? Yeah. I'm trying, sorry, I'm trying to point, pin down what we were just, what you were just saying though. You were saying it's ironic because we have to use the book to grow in him. No, you have to use we... the book to discover the book isn't necessary. Oh. If you just come up to the idea, oh, the book's not necessary. That's a secular humanist view. Oh, I see. Yeah. I know, but I also think there, there are people who, I mean, I've met like Muslims who have that perspective. Yeah. Where they're like, if you, and they're not like Bible readers, right. but they're like, if you're using that, I don't know. I don't think, I feel like there are people of faith that didn't need to read the Bible and know it was fulfilled to know that it isn't the thing that runs the spirit. Today, sure, I sure. And, and the support for that is in the history of the Bible. We didn't have it yes, available right. for 1500 years. Yeah. So it's not, I'm just trying, like, you're not necessarily saying it's the only way to know that you don't need it is by reading it. No, because the spirit, which God left the church, I mean, the body of believers in charge of, yeah. it is, it's central to, it's superior to everything yeah. because it is what can tell you on your heart what yeah. God wants for you and you never have to even know that exists. Yeah. So it's not like, but it's just like you said, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. It does something, it brings extra information, but we don't worship it. It is not our God and we don't let it dictate how we live. Mm -hmm. The spirit does that. Mm -hmm. But I would not know that mm -hmm. unless I studied it like I have. Yeah. 
I'm trying to get to the point where people will say, well, what do you say about it? And I give them this and they say, okay, I'll read it with that in mind while trying to search for spiritual yeah. truths. They read it with that in mind, the spiritual truths come out and they see they don't need to carry that thing around and worship it and quote it. Yeah. But it's because of, I'm sorry, I'm belaboring this, but no, it's no, just no. like when people say, well, I think, well, I think, yeah. well, I think, I don't care what you think. Yeah. If it's not supported, then it's just another opinion. But, okay. That's confusing to me because I feel like when someone's saying, I think there is a possibility that they're kind of trying to say the spirit's telling me, Okay, which might be possible. It might be, but they have to be able to say, in my estimation, in the way we've approached this is, I think that God is love and he loves everybody and he is reaching to everybody to try to, to call them to, to receive uh -huh. him in faith. I would say dead on. And I would say, I think your thinking is right in harmony with the spirit. You're led right. You never read that. You don't even have a Bible. Uh -huh. Yeah. But it's when they make an I think comment that isn't couched in the narrative. When they do that, I have trouble saying that's of God because we have a world full of people saying, I think, mm -hmm. and believing they're giving good advice. Yeah. So we have to have something to look at to see, is that advice trustworthy, sound? And this is where I think God has given us a resource to see, is that principle true? Now wait, conversely, just because it's in the resource doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> Mormons. I think polygamy is fine. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? Well, I open the Bible. Yeah, they practice it. Right. You see, so the book can't validate it either. What does? The spirit. How does the spirit validate it? It tells the person, your beliefs and interpretation of this book in your life all have to come down to agape love. Uh -huh. When you speak and say, I think, if what you say out of your mouth is agape love, selfless, sacrificial, you know, that then I'm like, yeah, I don't even need to talk to you about the Bible. But when it's something that's selfish and serves the self and is not agape love, then I can say, yeah, I, d I don't care what you think. You know, you're off on this. It's not an easy conversation, but it's an important one. Now, now give me what you're thinking. I just don't. Give me a hard example. There's a couple things that I'm not understanding, but I don't have a hard example. I just don't. Like, okay, you're saying the book didn't exist before. There's a chance it didn't exist before for thousands of years for believers, meaning it wasn't, it isn't needed. The spirit could work. That's right. In Early that church. time, yeah. then, if someone says, I think, what was their way? Old Testament. But that was done That with. was available. No, it's done with. But when the apostles talk about the scripture, they're almost always talking about the Old Testament. Jesus came and he said, you Jews are reading this and you think that it leads to eternal life. It all speaks of me. That's what he told them. Mm. So they had an Old Testament. And that's what Paul, Paul and Peter and Jesus cited from. Mm. But it was the... Septuagint translation of that Old Testament, the Greek translation mm -hmm. they cited from. And so you could say, I think polygamy is okay in the early church. Mm -hmm. And Jesus would say, you don't understand the scripture. Mm -hmm. And they would say, how? Well, if you go back, where did it start? It started with Cain. 
So did it start with God in the garden? No. Mm -hmm. So then you're thinking about that, even though it's in scriptures, incorrect. Mm -hmm. Am I making sense? Yeah, but so, but then Jesus died, Jesus ascended, Jesus returned, and Jesus completed it all. Yeah. So that means the Old Testament is not to be referred to anymore. It's to be referred to for principles. It's not to be referred to for instructions or directions on how to do church or how to be mm -hmm. a believer. The principles are from the very first story to the end, faith. Okay. Not having an idol. That's the principle. Not even love. Love can become an idol if it's not with God being behind that love. Uh -huh. Yeah, it can become a false idol. So God is the God, and that's the central message of that Old Testament. I am God, mm -hmm. worship me and no other. That's the central message to that. And that's then from that comes everything else. Okay, we're over, but I want to keep... Keep going. Um, so then all that's done, then maybe 200 years yeah. after Jesus ascended, returned... Yeah. And it's all done. That's a good number. It's about right. About 270, 250. Yeah. What? 200 years pass after that. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't have the Bible yet. Or we, we don't, don't have, have the New, New Testament right. yet. Right. Some like the spirit is still in the world okay. working the way that it does now. Just a clarification. We do have the New Testament God promised and God described. Okay. And it's when he would write his laws on the minds and hearts. Okay, that's his yes. New Testament, right? So we do have that New Testament. So, we don't have the written apostolic record. Right. Yeah. Okay. I just have to Thank make that you. clarification. No, okay. We don't have the apostolic record. Yeah. We have the New Testament, which means someone can say, I think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I yes. think that God's saying this and that. And that's why Paul says, "Where uh, Christ, there's liberty. Where there's Christ, there's liberty. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do. So if you were a person with this ideology or whatever in that time, yes. you're saying, you don't want to hear people saying, I think, I think, I think. So what would you do then? That Because that's all they had is, I think... Or I know in my heart. Yeah. What would you say then? I would say, well, um, what's your fruit in my mind? I wouldn't say it to them. I would say, what's the fruit of your thoughts? Why would you say that? Because the fruit of the Spirit is this love, and God is writing that on their heart. But that's described in the apostolic record, not the Old It is, but the, the New Testament is described in the Old. Okay, and so you can derive that idea of yeah. fruit from the old yeah yeah okay. because it's the it's the great commandment so, love god love neighbor okay. those on that hangs all the law so loving has always been there right jesus changed it a little bit he said i'm going to give you a new commandment love as i have loved you that's a different kind of love than the old testament knew it knew judgment it knew you did this equal, equal, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. He said, I want you to love as I did. So even the Jews who converted to Christ in his day took the Old Testament concept of love. They kept love God first, but they added love others now as Jesus loved us. So if someone says, I think we should give bread to the poor, I think you're led of the spirit. When Jesus was walking, even with his disciples, a man was casting out devils in his name and the apostles wanted to stop him. He said, if he's not against us, he's for us. He was doing something good. It was in Jesus' name. Leave him alone. That's that freedom. 
Okay, but like that's 200 years after Jesus's time and people might not even really know of him. Do people know of him? I like, mean, people knew of him because that's what the apostles job was to do. Okay. Go out into all of Judea, really, all of Israel. And then Paul went out to all of the Roman Empire and share the news. He rose from the dead. We've seen him. But those people were technically taken up. At, at, they were taken up when he returned. But all those epistles yeah. were being written before he returned. All right. Everything was written before he returned. But it wasn't accessible. No. Uh, you're in that 200 year yeah. after time yeah. where people have been taken up. There weren't accessible documents of Jesus and his apostles. And you, but you have the Old Testament yeah. and you have the New Testament written on your heart. Yeah. And there were, and this is my argument against the Bible being the central thing, Yeah, is in Rome, they had a letter from Paul instructing the church at Rome. Uh -huh. But in Ephesus, they didn't have that letter to Rome. Mm -hmm. And so Christians will always say you have to take the whole Bible. You know, in order to understand it, it interprets itself. And that's true. Yeah. But if the church at Rome only had Romans, yeah. what they say is, yeah, but they were copying and, and sending them out to everybody. No, no. That's they, stupid. yeah. And hand copying. And then there were plagiarisms. And then there were pseudepigraphal accounts where Bill on the corner wrote Bill's gospel of Jesus. So we had an amalgamation of writing. And that's why I step back from the writing and say, let's not defer to this. Okay. But the main thing that we're talking about, I'm, I'm trying to like understand that in the context of you not liking that people say, I think when that is really what the new Testament is, is written on our minds and hearts. Yeah. But it's, it's so just to be correct. It's God says, not I think. Okay, okay. That's that's the rub for me. Okay. It, because there's nothing wrong with I think, but we live in a world of I think. Yeah. God says, and then you're citing the book that I don't think we should worship, but it is filled with principles that teach us how to think. And you're just saying like, if you're in, because technically we should be speaking with the same mindset that someone from the 200 years post. Absolutely. Like that, it should be consistent. What we're, So if they didn't have the apostolic written, record written, when they say God says, it's in reference to what they're taking from the Old Testament. Yeah. And Jews did that and do that completely different. Yes. So then what they do you did. do with that? You, you uh, do what Jesus did when he came. He says, you don't understand the scripture. There were, some, there were some Jews who did, and they believed on him. So we, it's kind of like we should just be talking about the Old Testament right now. Almost, because, uh, and that's a really good point, because to them in that day, the Old Testament was their scripture. Uh-huh. Yeah. But they were getting new letters from men who did know Jesus, uh -huh. who apparently were inspired to write. Yeah. So those letters and histories and revelations and like to, to uh, Luke's thing to this friend, you know, we take them and we consider them and they give us a, a picture of what God did to wrap all of it up. I see. It just is like, it's almost ridiculous that Christians can claim to be Christian without really knowing 
the Old Testament. Absolutely. Or Judaism. Absolutely. But I got to flip it on you. It gets a little bit more complex. We know how to read the Old Testament. It, people always say the reverse. They say, we know how to read the New Testament because we understand the old. I say, you can't really understand the old until you really know the new. Here's why. A thousand years, a thousand AD mm -hmm. to like 1400 AD, these Orthodox Jews who've been scattered and sold into slavery came back together mm -hmm. and they said, these Christians are growing like mad off our faith mm -hmm. and they're using our book to justify it. Mm -hmm. Remember no vowel markings, mm -hmm. no pronunciation ability. Let's create a text mm -hmm. that will be Hebrew rather than translated through Greek. Mm -hmm. Jesus quoted that Greek thing. Mm -hmm. Let's do the Hebrew. And when they put that into the world, the Masoretic text, mm -hmm. those, those guys changed the game. They said stuff was not even of the, why? Because they didn't want us using their text mm -hmm. to support our views of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So even the Old Testament can be messed with if you're reading a Masoretic version of it. You've got to see what was the better translation of it. Do you make, does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. So, and so when people say it's all perfect and come on, man, mm -hmm. come on, it's, it's concepts. And this is an important thing in what we're doing to let people know we're reading about concepts from a book that's a gift, but it is not our God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what? That was, yeah, I don't yeah. even know what to think. And how I uh, uh, say it. And this should mean something to somebody. Uh, and I've never heard, I didn't learn this, but I really believe that the standard way we understand how to interpret the text is does it lead to you being filled, acting in agape love? That is the uh, filter. That's the glasses we put on when we read is does it translate to you loving God and loving others with agape selfless love? Mm -hmm. If your interpretation of it does not, then I think you've made a mistake in your interpretation. Now, everyone else says you got to use the Bible to interpret it and everything. I say that our standard today is the, the law that God wrote on our hearts and minds, and we read the written word. And if our hearts and minds interpret that into our life today as loving, mm -hmm. then it's a fine translation. Okay. I've always had trouble with you saying that. Okay. Because it comes from the apostolic record. So it make, it's like... It's like it cancels itself out. It doesn't really come from the apostolic record. I created it myself because, but the concepts there is that by this, your love, all men will know if you're my disciple. That's how, that's from the apostolic record. Okay, wait. I, wait, I was going somewhere else, but hold on. You just said you created it yourself. Yeah, I did. Because it's in, because we have to take concepts and if you don't take concepts and teach them as principles, but you, if you take them and teach them as literal words, yeah. you have to, then you become a, a lawyer. Okay, wait, but you, it's probably more proper to, to say God gave, like, impressed that upon you. Yeah. And Not you created it. In the, in the diagram of the I think instead of God thinks, yeah. you're saying God thinks, yeah. not you created it yourself. Yeah, and that's my opinion. If I was to speak 
the way I see it, I would say, I think God is saying. Yes. Okay. okay. But I don't say that because when you do that, what people say is, oh, well, who are yeah. you? And, you know, does it say that in the scripture? And I would have to say, well, I can't give you a verse. Yeah. So that's why it's that way. All no, these things are so yeah. hard to wrestle in, but they're important to talk about. No, but, okay, so I was going to say, though, I had a hard time with you saying that because it comes from the apostolic record. But actually, I'm realizing now it doesn't. It mm. comes from the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. Like, because, yeah, what we just said, like, if you were a person in 200 AD, like, you would still be saying that. Yeah. Because it should be... It really, the discussion of Christianity is how you read the Old Testament. Mm, is mm. like what the intention of yeah. the Old Testament was. Yeah. Because that's what Jesus was bringing. Yes. Like it's he not. He fulfilled that thing. Yeah. Like it's not really that Jesus, like Jesus was necessary because of the circumstance. He what there was a time where he might not have been necessary mm. if they understood the Old Testament. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So like the Old Testament was saying what Jesus was saying. So we could not ever refer to the apostolic record. That's right. Read the Old Testament and understand what Jesus did. Yes. Without yes. even knowing he existed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you could. Because And it, be a Christian. And be like, a Christian because and, you'd know that that Messiah was the one who's been promised from the beginning to come. So it's like really calling out Jews. Yeah. Like hard. Yeah. Like <laughs> Like hard. you do not get what your text no. says. No, no idea. Yeah. It's calling out Jews and Christians. Yeah. And so what are we doing today? We're still following the narrative of the Jews and we are pro-Israel and we're saying go in and do that and, and commit really essentially atrocities on other humans, mm -hmm. you know, because you're Israel, you mm -hmm. know, you get a pass. But they've set themselves up that way. I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm not Semitic. I'm not talking about uh, uh, the Jewish nation. I'm talking yeah. about the religion. Yeah. And those religious dudes, they're efforts, and they always have been. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. killed. Their, they killed Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They like it. It's not saying go bomb other people or something. No. It's. But not at all. It, that's not what's being talked about. And you can't say that today because yeah, you'll get no. But I don't yeah. care. They're they're wrong. They don't. They're not hearing me if they say I'm anti-Semitic. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Um. So so then, what is the value of the New Testament, as we call it, the Apostolic Record? Mm -hmm. It's to see exactly how this is what we're doing. How what did they do once Jesus left? Yeah. And how did how did they do it? And then. And then what is this working toward? Oh, revelation. Mm -hmm. What happens there? Destruction. This mm -hmm. is why. And we get inspired by the principles and the things we see and hear. That's it. And yeah. the spirit tells you this is how to interpret that. Yeah, it's like God God is bigger than Jesus even. God is Jesus. They're the same. Yeah, it's yeah. like... Oh, yeah, God is... But the story... Oh, yeah. Like, it's so much bigger than that. Oh, yeah. It's so critical. And the story of Jesus, when you learn about it, is, like, beautiful and, like, emotional. But it's not – and, like, through – I feel like it's almost like a picture. Like, I felt like it was so literal that, like, you have to believe on the fact that he died and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, you – like, it's more like – 
believing in the concept that that was necessary or something. Okay. And so then going down that road, what's, what's the concept it, of him being needed? Like it's the same concept as us living a few years before Jesus was born and thinking we need to have faith and love based and everyone has this old testament wrong mm -hmm. and we're too lawful right now mm -hmm. or something like mm -hmm. it's that same and he him die it's so it's so literal in so many ways and like mm -hmm. the sacrifice and the the alignment with the law is literal for a reason and like it's not it's just metaphorical yeah. yeah and it was important that it was that way yeah and i understand that but like belief in him is like a it's like a conceptual thing it's not like you you have to identify that he was he died on this exact day right and that he bled like right. th those are like like ways of describing that the old testament is taken right. wrong basically yeah they're ways of showing really bottom line uh it's how uh, god changed men from being sinful and self-absorbed and self-willed to taking care of all the fallout from that and then giving us the freedom to choose mm -hmm. to pursue him or not mm -hmm. in the grand spectrum of things it's god it's jahava jesus was the human yeah. element to effectuate these grand principles of justice and mercy and yeah. forgiveness. Yes. Right. Yeah. And and that's why that's the problem with evangelicals. Say so you gotta say Jesus and you gotta go up to the altar and all of that. No. Uh, yeah. that's why I say people can know God, love God, and they'll see what Jesus did later. Yeah. We don't have to lead with that. But leading with him helps people understand you've done wrong how is that paid for in your life yeah and and that's the that's why we use jesus because how do you answer how do you answer that question if you've done wrong in your life yeah. and i don't know if you have but if you've done wrong and there is a god who's just yeah what do you do with that that's what i think that i'm realizing right now i don't know if for someone like me, it is the most effective thing to refer to Jesus okay. as I think the principles of mercy and forgiveness described largely are actually more helpful in understanding God first. And then it's like Jesus is a perfect example of that. And it's a good story so you teach the principles of mercy and justice and love and then when you teach what those principles are then you use the example of jesus to show you how he embodied those yes perfectly okay so that's the way that reaches you best for jesus right yeah, well i but i also feel like it yeah i get i guess this is really specific to me but i feel like it gets at the point of god better like sure god did was doing this way before Jesus, like. Well, he, and, and that's the thing. Jesus' purpose, which is clear in the apostolic record, is to lead us to God. Yeah. 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 When he becomes the item, we are missing what he did. The problem is, as you get into the weeds with, is he God, right? But God in a human being is, is, hard for pe some people like you. So yeah. the principles of what he 
represented are more important to you. But then when you look at his life and how it's just explained, you'll see that was God with us, showing you how he would be if he was here. That's what mercy looks like. That's what love looks like. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not even that God being in him is hard. Is hard. It's that it's like Jesus, God came down it, through Jesus because of issues with faith, with a religion, understanding faith and love. Yeah. So like that seems like the thing to focus teach on first okay. and you're like not i mean just i don't know no i mean this might be the pamphlet i mean right now you're saying we have to understand why jesus came it's in it's in response to a people who were failing faith and love yeah it just is like i it really is probably just my brain but it feels like it's always felt like the story of jesus was just like a very uh, like uh, random kind mm. of it just feels random like i'm i'm supposed to know the context of all of humanity is like just bad and like he needed to do that like it just feels like really random like why was it there why it, because of the how small the whole story is it's it's so regional and mm -hmm. stuff it was like why do i in 2023 need to like think about that specific instance of a person and it's because of like the crazy history before it right like, it wasn't random it's really specific and intentional right so knowing the context in which he came down helps me understand like that's what god cares about right is like like law and like the big concepts of law and faith and love and mercy. And like he showed it to a people through Jesus. Yes. I think what you just said is absolutely dead on and true. Mm. What you've resisted, it sounds like is the a poster boy for salvation. You, yeah. who was he? What, what's this about? You know, yeah. you, you, because you weren't, you weren't entitled to understand what the, 1500 year 2000 3000 year history was of those people and all the symbolism and how it led to him showing that if i have a people who are supposed to be mine and they turn against me then this guy was necessary for them and when they killed him his death was for the world so you are like saying, I don't like this thing imposed upon me in, in an abstract manner. I want to know why he's the guy, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm seeing now that that's obviously not true for everyone because you were really affected by just hearing that news. Like that was what your roadside experience, like hearing just that was enough for it to completely change you. But remember, that's because I was raised in a religion that was all law. So it was very similar True. to being a Jew. So I was like, okay, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. And that's what they all believed when Jesus came. We got to do it. We got to do it. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm doing it for you. Okay. Well, I, I think, I think this is coming up because we're talking about how to effectively talk about this to people in a boiled down sense. And I don't think it sets in people's mind. Like, I think I pick up more, most, more often than anything else is random people who've never thought about this stuff. They've might've thought about God, but like 
that's it. Show up at a church and they said, accept Jesus and you'll be saved. And it's like so random. And like they do because they're in the moment and then it doesn't last because they just picked up on this emotional moment. And so with that, uh, I salute you. Because what you said is this stuff is just, it's, I mean, this is an emotional appeal to a need that this person has that goes forward and gives their life to Jesus and they sense an emotional response to this and their life has changed for the next week, month, five years yeah. until they realize it doesn't last. Yeah, I think yeah. that at least this is my experience. Like I'm just now like working through hundreds of times where I was like, okay, I'm like accepting Jesus. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where's the magic pill? Last. Yeah. No. I, I feel like there's something wrong with me because it doesn't last. And no. I'm like, cause you don't know why you're doing this. Yeah. So then what that says to you, and this honesty is what this show's about. This is really important is one, you're being transparent with what your Jesus experiences have been in the past. And that's all religion. Yeah. Okay. That's all religion. Now in your life, you're starting to intellectually understand the, the basis for him. And so he's starting to become more meaningful to you. Other people are embracing him in an emotional way. And it doesn't mean those ways aren't valid for the time. But the question is, it's just like Jesus said to those who believed on him. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But most people don't. They don't continue in his word, him, and they just and they drift away. And he tells these parables too. You plant seeds on the ground, they don't go deep, they fall away. This one, don't go deep, they fall away. So that's what you're doing is you're going deep and you're getting those roots to substantiate a faith that will not last in the storms of this world if it's just emotional. Mm-hmm. It's got to be founded in why was this guy set there? Mm-hmm. And that is not a thing that God is like, Hey, I'm giving this to you. You're, it is work. Mm-hmm. And it's working with yourself to overcome your questions. That's real faith. That's mm-hmm. what he's looking for. And that's why he says, I love those who diligently seek me. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a cotton candy world of religion. So you've resisted that. I applaud you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think God would applaud you too because he hates that. That's something I can say from reading it. God hates perfunctory religion. He can't stand it. He wants the damn heart. Mm. So don't give any Jesus model the heart unless you really, really are understanding what he is. That being said, there's also just the faith of stepping out, not knowing Mm. and trying it. And that pleases him and it works too. So none of it is one-to-one. It's all, it's all has different, and that's what makes it so difficult. Okay, that was almost an hour. Good. Minutes. The best one we've done. Sorry, everybody. Um, well, Axe I have a couple more week. questions about right. Acts, but let's do, let's, let's do oh, a second let's do, episode. Yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. That was great.